Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of John Wick Chapter 2. How good to see you again so soon, Mr. Wick. I need you to do this task. I'm not that guy anymore. You are always that guy, John. I can't help you. You know the rules. If you don't do this, you know the consequences. Accounts payable, how may I help you? I'd like to open an account. Name on the account? John Wick. The contract has gone international. You have no idea what's coming. Somebody please get this man a gun. Okay, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for John Wick Chapter 2, and the story is as follows. Retired super assassin John Wick's plan uh, to resume a quiet civilian life are cut short when an Italian gangster, Santino D'Antonio, shows up on his doorstep with a gold marker, compelling him to repay past favors. Ordered by Winston, kingpin of secret assassin society The Continental, to respect the organization's ancient code, Wick reluctantly accepts the assignment to travel to Rome to take out D'Antonio's sister, the ruthless capo atop the Italian Camorra crime syndicate. The film is starring Keanu Reeves, Common, Lawrence Fishburne, Ricardo Scamarcio, Ruby Rose, John Leguizamo, and Ian McShane. It is directed by Chad Staleski and written by Derek Solstad. Joining me for this review, I have Mike Vermette. How's it going, everyone? Okay, Mike. Second chapter in John Wick's story. I I really like the first John Wick film. I thought it was a surprise sleeper hit that I was not expecting to be as much fun as it was. It reminded me many, many ways of The Raid. And this was like, I think maybe like America's like answer to something like that, where it's just full nonstop action, but not so much hand to hand, but the, like it's like gun uh, fu. Instead of Kung Fu. And I really, really dug the, its stripped-down story. Um, the w- the mysteriousness of the world in which John Wick is, like, inhabiting. Like, this this whole, like, secret assassin society has, like, this... Like, their own currency and, like, the, just their own, like, code and everything. And we explore that fervor in John Wick Chapter 2. So, what are your thoughts on the first John Wick? And what did you think of the sequel? So I saw the trailers for the first John Wick, and I was like, ah, 
you know, this looks okay. Like, I like Keanu Reeves. Matrix still is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, so I've always been a big you know, Keanu fan. But I was like, ah, oh, it looks okay. And then uh, I saw reviews coming out for it. And I'm like, wow, this it's getting good reviews. Went to go see it. Was absolutely blown away. I loved the world building that they did. I loved how dark and, like, secrecy, like, all the assassins are. I love the Continental. I loved everything about that first movie, the Gunfu. And, uh, yeah, I went home and I think I did, like, research on, like, the backgrounds of, like, the world that they created. And there were, like, secret websites that you could find on the internet, like, that the creators had set up about the world itself. Um, and I dug into, like, a lot of that after the film. Watched it quite a few times on Blu-ray. Really, really loved that first film. So when we were going into chapter two, I was kind of hesitant because I was like, hmm, I don't know if this is going to necessarily live up to how much I enjoyed that sleeper hit from the first one. Trailer started rolling out and I was like, it looks okay. doesn't look like great. I, you know, I don't know. I was a little hesitant. Went to go see it. And I'm happy to report that I love every second of this film. And I think I might actually like it a little more than the first. That's the interesting question, isn't it? Because I walked out of this um, with a feeling of, I'm not sure if I liked it more or if I liked it less. I think I liked it exactly equal to the first film because in many ways, it's a direct continuation from the first film. This isn't like oh, yeah, absolutely. a spinoff new mission or anything like that for John Wick. This is literally, they, when they say chapter two, they mean flip the page in the book and here's the next chapter in the continuation of the story. So it, it feels like it's all one complete story that we're witnessing here with this character. And as a result, I was like, oh, well, I can't rate it worse or less. I got to rate it equal because it just flows and continues and progresses so naturally from the first film. Well, this is the thing. So, so many films could have like had the exact same, you know, we're going to start six weeks later after the first film. And have it just be a complete dumpster fire. But this movie was really smart because they, creators thought to themselves, hey, there's no way we can top the action for the first one. Action's incredible. You know, all we can do is recreate that gunfu and kind of do that again. So we're not going to be able to go bigger on the action scale. And I think, you know, the action's a little wider, a little more inclusive in this one. Um, it rolls out onto like crowded city streets and things like that. So that sense, it is a little, the scale is a little bit bigger. But they weren't going to impress with the scale of their action, because the action was so big from the first one. So what they did was that they took the world building from the first one and expanded outwards. So this movie's not necessarily bigger than the first one, it's just a lot more dense. And I thought that was fantastic. I loved how deep we dived into the Continental, I loved how deep we dived into the High Table. Um, I want to see more of those things. I want a movie just devoted to the background of John Wick, not even having John Wick in it. I want, like, a movie devoted to the world. That's how much I love it. Yeah, I feel like if we go into a third chapter, which the ending to this film perfectly sets up, in my opinion. It's one of the best cliffhangers I've actually seen to a movie. And Absolutely. And they're already at work on the third one, so. Thank, thank God, because the way that this film ends, it leaves you wanting so much more, as any sequel should in the continuation of a series or franchise. And so uh, I really, really am excited and looking forward to seeing more of the expansion of this universe, more of the stakes being raised for our hero. And also, too, I really wouldn't mind if the third film did open up with maybe some sort of a flashback that we could see a younger John Wick, you know, because 
I, I love that everybody's always referencing all the time, like the legend of this man and like the things that he's done and so on and so forth. I mean, we even get to see the uh, the pencil uh, trick. Oh, that pencil thing was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. He gave Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight a run for his money there as far as killing somebody with a pencil was concerned. That was in amazing. In the ear, out the top of the head. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do think that, that you're right in terms of the action, like remaining consistent and not trying to um, – go bigger necessarily it feels like there are times where you know it's like what does that mean to go bigger with the action what like what does that mean uh, to me it means you do something ridiculous like you have a, a thousand uh mr smiths fighting neo with a pipe you know right in the, in the matrix Reloaded, or you which turn it, john wick into die hard yeah which it's not but i do also appreciate the fact though that john wick um does get hurt and John Wick is human, even though he's this complete badass. Gets his ass beat a lot in this movie, actually. Yeah, he gets hit by a car in the knees over and over, and yet he's still able to keep walking, which I have a little bit of a problem with. But, like, you're right. He definitely gets his ass handed to him multiple I mean, times. Common kicks the shit out of him a few times. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll touch upon that more in a little bit here. But I really, really love that the wave at this film, in terms of the way it's shot, the camera stays back doesn't get like up close or are no quick edits or anything like that it's not jarring at any times like you could see all the action and you're saying to yourself oh my god keanu reeves you're 52 years old and this film isn't playing any tricks like that's really you doing this shit like that's incredible yep I, absolutely incredible so my only r- real complaint with some of the action in this movie is that as far, in terms of like the fight choreography there's one too many arm drags over the back you know what you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, totally. There, there's like I think maybe like eight of them in this movie. It, it got to be a little bit too much at times, in my opinion. It's like that's the only like arsenal, uh, only um, only trick in your arsenal that you have as far as like fighting somebody's concerned is to grab their arm, pull it over your shoulder, and flip them over your back. Like that's getting a little ridiculous. But otherwise, as far as like the creativeness they have with the weapons and the the gun foo, there is one scene in this movie that had my theater dying and howling in laughter and it's the moment in the subway where common and john wick are shooting at each other nonchalantly with silenced pistols yeah it was awesome oh my god so amazing so funny it was so great and and you know what too in terms of funny um did you feel like this movie had more humor than the first one did i thought it had less humor from john wick himself Mm -hmm. but more humor from the actual supporting cast in the world Mm-hmm. Because I got the sense, like, while watching this movie, like, I'm like, this movie's actually really funny because it is playing with the idea of how ridiculous all this is. Like, for example, there's uh, one point when John Wick is fighting um, Common's character Cassius, and they fall downstairs, like, multiple times. Oh, it's great. Uh, but, like, the second or third time they're falling down the stairs, it just got, it, it, it was funny. Ian McShane's character was brilliant. Oh, yeah. When they oh, fall yeah. through the glass door, and he's like, all right. You know, break it off. Go get a drink. Like, oh, it's great. Or like when the one guy, I don't even know who this guy is necessarily, but uh, he like leans in at one point when uh, John Wick is over in uh, Rome and he's like, are you here to kill the Pope? And John's like, (laughs) no. Okay, you could go. (laughs) It's great. Like, you can kill anybody you want, just not him. (laughs) And and if you're in Rome, John Wick, I have to ask you this question. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I like that they had... um, uh, uh, other characters from the first film, uh, even though they had small, smaller roles, like John Leguizamo pops up for uh, a brief moment in this movie. 
you get the sense that he'll definitely be in the third one again. Yeah. And then uh, who else? His cop friend uh, shows yeah, up again. He's in it for like a couple of minutes. Um, the uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. But the uh, like the bellhop at the Continental. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The black Front guy. Front desk guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was he, he's awesome. He's been in a ton of like TV shows and and stuff. I now. love how uh, I love how calm and cool his demeanor is the whole time. Oh, he's great, and he's like, oh, I really liked playing with your dog. He was great. <laughs> that, that, that's right. I want to just preface by saying, people, there is a new dog in this movie, and for those of you that were turned off by the first film due to uh, its animal cruelty and how that was uh, mixed in with the plot of the movie, uh, fear not. Okay, that's not so much what this film is about this time around because that was something I was really concerned about Mike going into this movie was I felt like the first film was such a personal story and I was really really concerned about what they were going to do to get the plot in motion with this I'm like oh are they going to have to kill his dog again and then I thought wait a minute is this movie just all about him getting his car back because that seems a little silly and not as you know not as personal so i was very concerned for the first opening uh minutes of this movie about what exactly the plot was going to be in terms of what it ends up becoming with um d'antonio's uh character and his motivations did you feel like the film did a good job of introducing this character and this this whole plot device of getting john wick back into the world i did i you know i liked the opening where it's about him getting his car um i still don't understand if you have the boogeyman's car, why wouldn't you just give it back to him? Just just give him his car back because he's gonna fucking he's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill every single person that you know. I think there's a I think there's a feeling that they're worried that if they just give it back, there he's gonna kill them anyway. Uh, maybe, but it'd be better off him killing the two guys that deliver the car than killing like every single person you know. Yeah, I, I think these people have. Um, I think it's. I think it comes down to these these gangsters and these people have the reputation of John Wick in mind, thinking that he will kill them regardless. However, um, we know that John is kind of like half in, half out of this lifestyle. That if somebody does right by him, he'll he he would probably give them a pass. Right. No, and and that's why I do think the movie did a good job of like establishing this as its own chapter. Um, you know, with D'Antonio kind of dragging John back in, kicking and screaming. You know, I, if watching it and, you know, having been a big fan of the first one, that scene where, and yeah, this is, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, there's going to be huge spoilers, so. I think what you're about to say is also in the trailers as well, so. Maybe, but uh, D'Antonio burns John Wick's house down. In the trailers, yeah, you're good. <laughs> and uh, you see John, like, holding the picture of his wife, like, burning, and the, the picture's, like, burning away in the house. And, like, just from that, I was like, oh, man, this guy is so screwed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John is going to come down on him like a hurricane. And, you know, sure enough, he does. And, like, that's, to me, that motivation. Like, all he has is his memories of his wife. And if you keep screwing with him, be it through the dog or his pictures of his wife, he is going to come and he's going to destroy you. So just leave him alone. Just <laughs> let him do his thing. Let him, let him be said. He's basically Batman. Yeah, it's true. It is true. He attacks from the shadows. He's like the world's greatest detective, uh, which is something I also really liked about this movie because uh, he's not really the world's greatest detective. He relies on the help of other people within the Continental, people that are loyal to him, people yeah. that know him. And I really, really love that the film does rely on this so heavily because it does play a huge, huge factor when we get into the final scene of the movie. 
Um, and you do realize like how dependent he is upon the help of others to complete his mission for as dangerous as he is and as how much of a one man wrecking machine he is, he's still human. And the film is constantly reminding us that, that he is somebody that is dependent upon the kindness and the generosity of others that he can be hurt, um, and that he is vulnerable. And I think that is what makes the character work for so many people is that, you give him these unnatural abilities, but at the same time, he's not Superman. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, totally. Um, the Continental, I think, is so interesting because you can pretty much get anything you want from the Continental. Oh, yeah. Um, as long as you don't kill someone in the Continental. The only rule is don't kill a man inside the Continental. Dude, when, when him and Cassius are fighting and uh, they end up in the Continental at one point and it's just like they have to go sit at the bar and have a drink, like very calmly and cordially oh it's awesome and you know yeah you're getting that unexpected humor once again and it just plays so beautifully and you saw that rule broken in the first movie and how quickly like they you know took care of business Mm -hmm. in the first one when you break that golden rule in the continental um so i just thought it was cool that we saw like the network and how there are different continentals in different countries and i imagine different states um and you can get anything you want body armor guns I imagine there's probably prostitutes running around. You can get anything you want. Any kind of vice that you you require is in the Continental. A Big Mac sandwich. A Big Mac sandwich. Anything. (laughs) Dog toys for his dog. I'm sure, you know, anything. It's probably a grooming station for the dog. And you're definitely right. Ian McShane, I think, is a great representation of the face of the Continental in many ways. Somebody who looks like they've been around a long time. Somebody that has authority. Oh, I totally believe that he's been running. He's been managing that branch of the Continental for years and years. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Another thing, too, I want to touch upon in regards to this movie is Keanu Reeves. Okay? He doesn't get a lot of dialogue in this movie. Um, as a result, the character is kind of like a silent badass type. Uh, how do you feel he is in the role itself? Do you feel like it's more of a physicality kind of a thing? Do you think he actually does bring a degree of pathos to the role? Um, are, are you really digging him in this in this character? I think this is the character that he was like meant to play. I mean, I think it's a very similar character to Neo from The Matrix. Um, and I think this is the roles that Keanu Reeves shines best in. I think when Keanu Reeves gets to act and go big and do something like a Nicolas Cage, he fails and falls in his face. Yeah, because there is one moment in this movie where it's like he has to do kind of like an angry scream at one point. Uh, And it kind of just felt forced and a little like off to me. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if that's something that this character would do. And Keanu Reeves is not doing it well. But in those moments where he has to just be badass and deliver one-liners or say something like really calm and cool uh like when he said like when uh, the mute uh what's her ruby rose plays ruby like rose, a, a yeah. mute assassin in this movie. and she's like be seeing you and he's like i'll try and do the same <laughs> like i like the fact that you can feel the hostility like off of him like radiating off of him he radiates this hostility this angriness mm-hmm. oh, i love it uh what did you think of the scene in Rome itself with the sister. Did you think it was like a little played up a little bit too much as far as theatricality was concerned? That was the one scene where it was kind of pulled out the most. Um, 
I didn't really understand. We didn't know enough about the sister and John Wick's relationship to the sister. Correct. To make that scene yeah. land any kind of emotional resonance. They're trying to like explain the exposition while they're trying to deconstruct it all within the one this one scene. Um, and I, I agree. That's the reason why I brought it up because for me, it's the one scene in the movie that doesn't work the most either. Um, also, too, I really didn't like. Um, this is getting nitpicky. I, I don't really like the reintroduction to John Wick in this movie um, because I did find the opening to be very very jarring because it was the continuation from the first film now I like that in theory and I think it plays well as the film goes along in terms of its natural and organic uh, progression of story but when John Wick is first brought back you would think that he would have kind of like this grand entrance so to speak like the camera like zooms in, music like swells. Then he has like a badass moment where he like takes out his gun, points at the camera or something like that. Like, uh, you know, something that's just like, it, it like signals to the audience, hey, John Wick, yeah, he's back. But the film doesn't really, in my opinion, do that. Instead, it has like this moment where he like leans over, uh, you know, this motorcycle uh, rider or something like that, like who's laying on the floor. And it just kind of like, it just came off like awkward to me at times. Um, but yeah, that's like very, very nitpicky. Uh, this is an awesome action film. Like an awesome action movie. Oh, it's so good. I just want to bring up Lawrence Fishburne. I love Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Morpheus, yeah. We got Morpheus and Neo back on the screen together. All we needed was Trinity and my life would be complete. But um, there's still room. There's still room in the next movie. She was at the premiere. So hopefully she spoke to the director and you know they're getting her on board. But uh, I digress. So I loved that whole thing, and I loved how Morpheus is basically, like, the bum version of the Continental. And, like, he's got, like, his little pigeons. He's kind of like, um, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Uh, with the little birds. Oh, oh, uh, Varys or Littlefinger? Yeah, it's kind of like Varys. Yeah. With the little birds and his little spies. Um, having bums all over the street being the eyes and ears of, like, New York. I thought it was so brilliant, and I loved that whole scene between him and... Him and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Now, you could just tell, like, that chemistry that they had was built over because they've done so many movies together at this point. Oh, yeah. And it was awesome seeing, like, Lawrence Fishburne be a little bit over the top and deliver the lines. Because he knows what kind of film this is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think everybody knows what kind of film this is. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It knows that it's not a serious Oscar film. They know that it's popcorn action movie but it's done so well and with so much care and like you could tell the people that make this movie care about this universe and this world and like these action sequences are like honed to perfection now did you did you see earlier this year did you see sleep uh sleepless with jamie fox i did it was garbage now compare compare that like kind of a movie it's would you agree that it's trying to do something similar to john wick it is no absolutely and i you know i think even John Wick, I think, is a little derivative of something like Taken. Okay, um, yeah, that's but true. But only the first Taken. See, the, the sequels didn't do the first one any justice. Mm-hmm. They all were just complete copies of the original and like turned it to shit. This one was able to... John Wick 2 was able to expand on what made that first one so good. Yeah. And become more of like a, like a psychological study of the character. Instead of just redoing the same magic trick that we've seen already. Yeah, um, and I want to dive uh, into that uh, before we get to final thoughts and grades here. In terms of exploring John Wick's psyche and understanding um, how he feels about being back in the world, killing people, because that's what he's good at. 
Do you like that the way that the film is handling the whole uh, does he do this because he likes it sort of thing that that, that inner conflict? I, I do, I do, and I, I do think that um, they do explore that a little bit. Like, he could stop. He doesn't need to continue this, like, crazy circle of vengeance. But that's what the film is, I, I think, beating us over the head with, is that it is a circle, and it never truly does stop until everybody is dead. Like, everybody. Because once you kill one person and get your revenge, there's going to be somebody else that's going to come along and want to avenge that. And it just keeps going and going and going, and it never stops. He had one reason for getting out. That reason died. And so with that, there's no other reason for him to stop. And, like, he can't admit to himself that this is who he is. Like, this is... He loves the bloodshed. He loves the killing. Without that, he's just bored. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it does a good job of that. And, like, they don't necessarily tell you that. It's like you're just seeing his character. Like, he never admits that to himself. But you just kind of see it. Like, he could stop. There's a moment in this movie where his mission's done. He could pack up and go home. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't. He just keeps going. It's a good point. And it's because he refuses to stop. He needs it. Interesting. It's almost like his life purpose in a way. To Absolutely. a certain degree. Yeah, totally. A dog's purpose. No, I'm oh kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on to final thoughts. Great out of 10. Oscar potential. Take it away, Vermette. Um, yeah, loved it. You know, I can't say enough good things about it. There are things, if you want to nitpick this kind of a movie, there are absolutely things to nitpick. But for what it's worth, it is the best solely action-focused movie that you could go to see. Um, totally worth your time, totally worth your money. Everyone should go check it out. Even if you didn't see the first one, you just want to jump into this one. They give you a good primer at the beginning of who John Wick is, so it's easy for newcomers to jump on board. Uh, totally a fun ride. I, I blinked and the movie was over. That's how deep invested I was into it. Oscar potential, I'd say there's none. Um, but uh, grade out of 10, for me, it's a 9. That's how much I loved it. Okay, uh, for me, I think you do need to see John Wick 1 before seeing John Wick 2 to just understand the pathos uh, and also to really just immerse yourself more into this world, this character. Um, it's not required, but I would recommend it personally. I actually know two friends who I convinced them to pick up the Blu-ray. And one other person picked up the uh, the 4K version of the movie actually this week in preparation of seeing the second one. So I was really, really happy about that. And I would urge other people to check it out as well. Uh, the film itself is probably going to be the single best action movie we see all year. Um, the feeling, uh, you know, the euphoria that you get while watching this movie... Uh, that kind of giddy happiness of just seeing action done well. I haven't felt like that since I saw Mad Max Fury Road uh, two years ago. And that was such a great like high I experienced. Um, and I got it from watching this as well. Now, this is not as good as Mad Max Fury Road, in my opinion. But as far as uh, what it's trying to do, it does it extremely well. Like It sets out to uh, make this movie that is very, very self-aware of what it is, and it embraces it wholeheartedly. Keanu Reeves owns this role. Nobody could do it better than him. I mean, 
look at all the physicality and all the stuff that he does in his movie and tell me who out there could do this as well as him. He's just so perfectly suited for this role. Um, the movie is a natural continuation and progression of the first film, which I really appreciated. There are a couple of nitpicky moments here and there um, that keep it from being like a perfect film or an action classic. However, as far as uh, this series is shaping up, if the third film is able to match this, uh, this could be one of the best like action uh, franchises of all time. It's It's got the potential to do so. So I'm going to give John Wick Chapter 2 a grade of 8 out of 10. I'm also going to say Oscar Potentials is, is a no. Uh, very much so in the same way that Deadpool came out a year ago. And that film had some uh, you know humor. Um, action moments, things like that. If that film couldn't even get recognized for like a sound award or anything like that, I fail to see how John Wick Chapter 2 will get mentioned in the same degree. It's just too early in the season. And they're not going for awards with this. They're, they're just trying to make something that's entertaining, that tells this story, and it's very, very stripped down. It's not really necessarily plot heavy, um, but there is a mysteriousness to it in terms of the continental and how it operates that keeps everybody intrigued while watching which i really really appreciated it's like a it's not a dumb action movie it's just an action movie and when all is said and done it may rank up there with uh, some of the classics of our time and i won't and i'll hesitate to say which film will be the best because right now like I said, I can't tell you if I like John Wick or John Wick Chapter 2 more because to me it's like Lord of the Rings. It feels like it's one movie at this at this time. Yeah, I, I agree so much with that. Yeah, it does feel like just one movie. Yeah, so I, I mean, that if they could continue that with the third film, uh, pff, you know, great, great. It, it, it's, it's action movie heaven for fans out there. I'm fully on board with it. Alrighty, Mike Vermette, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at VampDT89. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, where you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. Be sure also to leave us a review on iTunes. We would most certainly appreciate feedback. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you all next time. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.